This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3660 for Friday, the 12th of August, 2022. Today's show is entitled Basic. It is part of the series DOS. It is the 250th show of Aoka and is about eight minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is We continue our technological archaeology to explore the old warhorse does. This time it is basic. Hello, this is Ahuka welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting lesson in our ongoing uh, series on DOS. Um, and today what we want to take a look at is basic. That wonderful old programming language. Now, any longtime observer of the computer industry soon realizes the crucial importance of choosing just the right name to yield just the right acronym. Quick, no peeking. What does PCMCIA stand for? Now, back in the 1960s, two professors, John Kemeny and Thomas Kurtz, at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire in the United States, faced such a problem in naming the programming language they had developed. And they came up with Beginner's All-Purpose Symbolic Instruction Code, known ever after as BASIC. This simple yet powerful programming language quickly became a hit in college courses all over the U.S. and probably well beyond. Quick to pick up, you could write programs to do surprisingly complex tasks. I recall writing programs in BASIC in the 1970s when I took a couple of computer classes at the local university. Of course, I was writing my programs on a terminal connected to a mainframe computer using a time-sharing account. That was the state of the art back then. But at the same time I was learning BASIC in college, a few folks were creating little miniature computers. These were mostly for hobbyists, of course. Early Heathkit models, for instance, had to be assembled before you could use them and were aimed at the electronics hobbyists. The real cool thing was the hardware. Software was almost an afterthought. But once you had your computer working, you would eventually go looking for software that could be used for programming. In those days, application software scarcely existed on the hobbyist level, and no one really cared. People did frequently exchange programs with each other, of course, but purchasing application software was unheard of. Into this environment came a college dropout who moved to New Mexico and started up a company to supply a version of BASIC to those hobbyists. His name was Bill Gates, and he called his company Microsoft. After a while, he was making a decent living out of selling BASIC, but his company was no more promising than any of the other small companies at the fringe of the hobbyist computer market. Of course, that changed when IBM came calling, but that's a tale for another time. The point to remember is that BASIC was something that everyone would automatically want to have on a computer at that time. Even with the development of the PC operating system, in other words, DOS, uh, BASIC was still essential. 
The earliest PC models came with a version of BASIC installed on a ROM chip. This gave rise to the least understood error message in computer history. If you turned on one of those PCs and it could not boot into DOS, you would see an error message about being unable to find BASIC. The BIOS would look for that ROM chip, not find it, and give an error message. Of course, later computers didn't have a BASIC ROM chip, but it took a while for BIOS manufacturers to catch up. These days, you would just get a message that it could not find a bootable operating system. Now, when Microsoft purchased QDOS from a Seattle company and then resold it to IBM at a huge profit, they couldn't resist adding in BASIC. In earlier versions of DOS, this was a version of BASIC called GW BASIC. In later versions of DOS, it is QBASIC that is provided. So, every copy of DOS came with its own bundled programming language. And of course, Microsoft has not abandoned the language. It took BASIC, added some object-oriented stuff and a graphical interface, and thus begat Visual BASIC. This is not given away free with each OS purchase, but a light version called Visual Basic for Applications is included with Microsoft Office. I've done a little programming in uh, Visual Basic for Applications. Um, I was trying to uh, get some, uh, do some things at my job that I thought it would be a handy way to do it. And, of course, at my job, they used Microsoft Office for everything. So the Visual Basic is uh, for applications is used for writing macros, automating certain things that Office applications can do. Of course, it is also the source of the problems with Office uh, viruses, more often than not. Now, in DOS, two of the key applications that you might want to use are actually coded in BASIC. Uh, they are a program called Edit, the text editor that you would use to make changes, for instance, to your auto exec bat and config sys files, and Help, the application you would use to look up the syntax arguments and switches for the DOS commands. Now, when you run either the Edit or the Help application, what happens in the background is that BASIC is loaded, and then these applications run within BASIC. The reason it's important to know this is that if the right version of BASIC is not available, these applications will not run. And for that reason, I recommend that on your emergency DOS disk, you copy the following five files. Number one, edit.com. Number two, edit.hlp. Number three, help.com. Number four, help.hlp, and number five, qbasic.exe. Now, possibly you'll find you're running a little tight on space on your emergency disk. Uh, depending on what programs you have added, uh, you may find you need to either have two disks or, or make some choices. Uh, I happen to think that the above files are absolutely indispensable in an emergency context. If you're an expert on using edit, and maybe you will be at some point, we're going to talk about that in the next topic, 
uh, you can perhaps drop the edit.hlp file. Uh, QBasic.exe uh, is essential, of course, since neither edit nor help will work without it. And the help system requires both of those files to run. Help.com is just a small 413 bytes uh, executable. All of the data of the help system is contained in help.hlp, so you cannot leave either of them off the disk. So, this is Ahuka for Hacker Public Radio, signing off and is always encouraging you to support free software. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.